Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's get into our scripture this morning. Our scripture is Leviticus 10, verse 1. Hallelujah. Oh, Shabbasaya. Aaron's son, Nadab, and Abihu put coals of fire in their censers and sprinkled incense over them. And in this way, they disobeyed the Lord by, burn, by burning before him strange fire. Oh, my God, the wrong kind of fire, a different fire than he had commanded. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Today, we're going to talk about a part of the fire that many people don't want to talk about or do not understand. We're going to talk about a topic called strange fire, because you see, many of us are offering strange fires to the Lord and we do not know it. We are mixing the holy with the profane. We are treating the things of God as common and it is grieving the heart of God. We treat God's word as common when uh, we, 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 don't, we don't read the scriptures as we should read the scriptures. We don't, we don't, uh, we, we don't uh, interpret the scriptures as we should interpret them. We, we, we treat prophetic words as common because everybody has itching ears needing a prophetic word from, from the Lord. It's not bad to want a prophetic word from the Lord, but it's bad for you to depend on, on just a prophetic word. And then it, it's also bad for you to, 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 to dismiss prophecy when god gives you a word of correction it's, it, it it is bad for you to this to 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 dismiss it because we don't want to hear them we don't what we don't want to hear what what the holy spirit is saying because it is not what we want to hear we want we all have those itching ears that we want to hear what we want to hear and we don't want to hear what the holy spirit has to say so we treat prophecy as common and and and, and now it, it doesn't serve the purpose that it is supposed to serve we treat prayer as common because, you know, when we go to prayer, we're not supposed to just go. We don't understand that when we go to prayer, we're going to stand at the incense altar. We're going before God in prayer. And, and here's the thing with, with when we treat prayer as common is that when we go to when we go to pray, we, we, we are going to prayer to look to God, to give us something. And we're not bringing any worship to God. So. We are treating prayer as common. And we forget to approach the holy God. We forget that we must regard God as holy by, but he, he must be regarded as holy by those who come near him. That is what his word said. So we're going to look at what happens when we treat the things of God as common. We're going to look at the early Roman church history, and we're going to see what happens when strange fires are offered to God. Oh, glory to God. Last time I told you about the, 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 the great emperor Constantine and how he created the edict of Milan and gave the Christians a freedom to practice their religion and to end the persecutions of the Christians. And we I also told you that he developed the Nicene Creed in AD 325. His intentions in developing the Nicene Creed was to unify the Christians in their faith. I didn't read it for you last time, and I'm just going to take the time out for you to read it because I know many people do not know what the Nicene Creed is. And it reads, I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, all of all visible things and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father, before born of the father before all ages god from god light from light true god from true god begotten not made co-substantial with the father through him all things were made for us and for our salvation he came down from heaven and by the holy spirit was incarnate of the virgin mary and became man for our sake he was crucified under pontius pilate he suffered death and was buried and rose again on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended in heaven and is seated at the right hand of the father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life who proceeds from the father and the son. 
who with the father and the son is adored and glorified, who has spoken to the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I confess one baptism of forgiveness of sins. And I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. So there is many things that we're going to discuss out of this creed this morning. The creed, but, but let's talk about it for a little bit because we're going to talk about another uh, creed. The, it, the creed was for the most part based on scriptures because if you check in Romans 4, verse 4 through 6, you will see that mo most of the creed was taken from there. It says there is Romans 4, verse 6, Romans 4, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, 4, verse, 4 through 6. It says that there is one body, one spirit, just as you are called in one hope, and you are called in one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. That is Ephesians 4, verse 4 through 6. So while this creed was well intended, men begin to put their own spin on the scripture. And now a good thing becomes corrupted. Now a holy thing becomes profane. Now, uh, 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 now we see strange fires begin to start. Constantine eventually died in AD 37, I'm sorry, 37. His three sons succeeded him, but eventually they died and their reign was their reign was very short. But as new emperors came on the scene, each one began to make their own rules and their, their own edicts to govern the Roman Empire. So in AD 380, the Roman Emperor, and I, I, listen, these names, I, I, I'm not Roman, I'm not Greek, so I, these words are so hard to call some of them. The 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 Roman the, the Roman Emperor. Theodius the Great instituted the Edict of Thessalonica, making Christianity the sole religion of the Roman Emperor. And so I just want to kind of look back at the, at the Nicene Creed. Everything in the Nicene Creed was, was good, except that in, there's one little phase in it says, I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. So you see now, this edict, this, this creed was a great thing, but there was something strange inside of that great thing. And that is how sometimes we can start out being good for God. Sometimes we can start out with the right idea, but we end up burning strange fires for God. And oh, I better slow down. I don't want to get ahead of myself this morning. So let's go back. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to bring you back to AD 380 when that Roman emperor Theodos, um, he created this new edict of, called the Edict of Thessalonica in AD 380. And the edict reads like this. It says, it is our desire that all the various nations which are subjected to our clemency and moderation should continue to profess that religion which was delivered to the Romans by the divine apostle Peter, as it has been preserved by faithful tradition, which is now professed by the pontiff, pontiff Damasius and by Peter, Bishop of Alexandria, a man of holiness. According to this apostolic teaching and the doctrine of the gospel, let us in the one deity of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit in equal majesty and in holy trinity. We order the followers of this law to embrace the name of the Catholic Christians. See, this is where strange fires start coming in. Now, we order the followers of this law to embrace the name of Catholic Christians. But as for the others, since in our judgment they are foolish madmen, we decree that they shall be branded with the ignominious name of heretics. And this, I've always wondered what is a heretics? Where did they get that term from? Now you know. And shall presume to give, con uh, okay, and they shall not presume to give their convectacles the name of churches. My God. So they were forbidden to give their place of meeting the name of a church. So only the Roman Catholic Church could convene as church. Oh God, can, can somebody say strange fire, strange fire. Oh, Shababa. 
they shall suffer in the first place the chastisement of the divine condemnation and in the second punishment of our authority in accordance to the will of heaven as we shall decide to inflict. So they're condemning people and they're saying that they are going to punish. Now they have the authority to punish people to serve God. My God, my God. Oh, 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 shababasito, rabasa. Excuse me. Under this edict of Thessalonica, anyone who followed the creed was to be called Catholic Christians. And anyone who did not follow the creed was to be branded as an heretic. And they would suffer divine condemnation and by punishment, the, by punishment that the government themselves was to inflict upon them. So you can clearly see that this edict was, was far away from what God intended. This was, edict was in the stark contrast of the edict of Milan that was given in February 13, 13, 313 AD. The edict of Milan in the, ended the persecution for the Christian and gave freedom of religion to Christians and to all those who are practicing their religion, they were now able to assemble and worship freely without any persecution. And now um, it, the Emperor Constantine, he was attempting to consolidate, to unify the Roman Emperor under one God. So he gave the Nicene Creed, which was to tell them that there is only one God, one faith, one baptism. But the problem in that creed was that they added that the Roman Catholic Church was the only church that was allowed to gather. And so now that little Thing, that little phrase in that Nicene Creed now give rise to the edict of the of Thessalonica, which led to the persecution of non-Christians. Oh my God. And how quickly they forget that just a mere 67 years earlier, they were the ones being persecuted. And now Christians are the ones doing the persecution. This is definitely some strange fires because this, there, there is nowhere in all of scripture did Jesus teach us to condemn anyone. There is nowhere in all of scripture did Jesus force, force anyone to become followers of Christ. These people were under some strong spirit of deception. They were teaching doctrines of the devil. And the, the, the sad part of it is that they believed that they were glorifying God. Oh, God. They could not see that they were in danger of hellfire. They were condemning, but they were being condemned by their own actions. The sad part of it is that they were continuing, they, they were believing that they were doing this all in the name of Jesus Christ. They could not see that what they were doing was wrong. And so if we're going to correct our ways, if, if we're going to remain free from the this doctrines of deception and doctrines of the devil, we're going to have to know the truth in the word of God. We must allow the Holy Spirit to guide us into the truth of the word of God. Oh, Holy Spirit, guide us this morning. Guide us today, Holy Spirit. So let's get in, into our scripture. Let's see. Let's try to understand what the Lord is trying to tell us in connection with this strange fire in the Roman, uh, early Roman church. You see Aaron's sons, Nadab and Abihu that we just read about in our scripture, they were, they were not authorized to burn incense. They were priests before the Lord. But at that time, they were not authorized to burn incense before the Lord. They knew the prescribed manner in which the incense was supposed to burn. Let's go to Exodus, Exodus 30, 7 through 10. And listen, I'm going to be doing a lot of reading this morning because I am trying to get, listen, I don't have anything to tell you. The Bible is telling you so much, but sometimes because we don't understand, we don't, we don't get to dig into the scriptures. We don't get out what it is that we need to get out. So my job here this morning is really not to tell you nothing, but to tell you what the Bible says. So Exodus chapter 30, verse 7 through 10. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning 
When he tends the lamb, he shall burn incense on it. And when Aaron lights the lamb at twilight, he shall burn incense on it. A perpetual incense before the Lord through your generation. You shall not offer strange incense on it or burn, uh, burnt offering or grain offering, nor shall you pour drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make atonement upon its own once a year with the blood of the sin offering of the atonement. Once a year, he shall make atonement upon it through your generation. It is most holy to the Lord. And you can read so much more about it in Exodus chapter 30. You can continue to read that scripture. I don't have the time to get into read everything for you, but I can at least point you to where you can read them. So as I read this passage of scripture, four things stood out to me. Who, number, number one, who was authorized to offer the incense to the Lord? Where were they supposed to offer it? How were they supposed to offer it? And when were they supposed to offer this incense? So in this passage of scripture, Aaron was the only one who was authorized to burn incense to the Lord at that time. Not even Moses was able to do it. When we, when later on, we see when the plague broke out in the camp, Moses told Aaron to put the incense in a censer and offer it to the Lord. Look at it for yourself in Numbers 16, 46 through 48. So Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put fire in it from the altar, put incense on it and take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For the wrath of God has gone out. The plague has begun and Aaron took it as Moses commanded and ran to the midst of the assembly and already the plague had began among the people. So he put the incense and made atonement for the people and he stood between the dead and the living. My God, my God, this thing is powerful because incense stopped the plague. Burning incense to the Lord as a priest who was commanded by God. But I want you to notice here that Aaron was not at the incense altar, which is the prescribed place to burn the incense. And he was not in the holies of holies, which was one of the prescribed place to burn the incense. It was not the day of atonement, but he, he was given a prophetic word from God. This is why I'm telling you something. When a word from God is given as a prophetic word, you need to honor that word. And you need, you don't, need to dismiss the prophetic word of God because if it is a true prophetic authentic word from God it is a matter of life and death Moses stood in the place of a prophet and he said to the priest go take the incense burner you know that same thing that killed your son put some incense on it and run right into the into the midst of the people with the plague oh my God somebody I hope I'm helping you this morning take that same thing that same incense burner that killed your son and now run inside of the in the midst of the congregation Aaron could have stopped and said listen Moses Moses hold on hold on Moses you got it wrong because listen God said I'm supposed to only offer the incense at the incense altar I'm only supposed to offer the incense in the in, in the holies of holies in a prescribed manner but this was different because a prophetic word was given and that's why I'm trying to press on you this morning. When, when God gave, gave, gives you a prophetic word, do not scoff at the prophetic word. Do not dismiss it. Do not turn a blind, yeah, a blind eye to it. Do not turn a deaf ear to the prophetic word of God. When you turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to the prophetic word of God, you're, you're standing in a place of life and death. It's a matter of life and death, either for you or for the people that are depending on you. Oh, my God. When you turn a deaf ear to the prophetic word of God, you are grieving the Holy Spirit. But let's get back to Moses and Aaron. I want you to also notice here that where did Aaron got the fire from? Moses told him exactly where to get the fire. He said, go take it from the brazen altar. You can't get this fire in your in, in your in your sensor just from anywhere else. Moses had to tell him exactly where to take that fire from. Because we all know sometimes we see some fire burning, but not every fire comes from the Lord. We don't know where Abahu and Nadab got their fire from. You better be careful where you're getting your fire from. You better be careful where you're getting your fire from. 
I don't even have time to get into that this morning. But let, let's continue. Aaron just finished offering to uh, offering the burnt sacrifice. We're gonna go just kind of look like what happened here in Leviticus 10. Leviticus 10. So you kind of have to read back to like about seven, eight, about eight, eight chapters, eight through nine, to kind of figure out what is happening here. So what is happening was Aaron was finished offering the burnt offering from the Lord, and fire came out from the Lord and consumed it. So this was not a time or place to offer incense to the Lord. The Bible says that his Nadab and Abihu, they took their censers and they put incense on it at a time when it was not authorized and not in the prescribed manner. It was not the evening, the lighting of the lamp. It was not morning as we read in Exodus 30. It, it, it was not the trimming of the lamp. It was not the day of atonement. Number one, uh, uh, um, the, 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 the fire, the, the incense was only supposed to be burned on the incense altar. Where were they burning it? They were burning it in their censers. Okay, when was it supposed to be burned in the, in the, in the censers? Only when you get behind the veil. Oh, Shababa So it's not the day of atonement and it's not morning or evening, the trimming of the lamp. So what was going on here? If you read back to seven or eight through nine, you're gonna see that this was an ordination ceremony for the priesthood. They were going through a seven-day purification process to be instituted as a priestly family. This was one of this was not one of the pres prescribed time for offering incense to the Lord. The Bible doesn't tell us that where they got the fire from. He doesn't tell us that God uh, told them that well, no, it was time to get to put incense in their uh, in their censer. It was just not time. We don't know where they got their fire from. They could have got it from the brazen altar. They could have got it from the fire by the door of the tabernacle. They could have got it from the, the fire that was used to burn up the refuse of the sacrifice. We don't know where they got this fire from in their censers. But we already established that the fire was supposed to be taken from the brazen altar. So we don't know. But one thing we do know that they were not supposed to be offering fire, uh, uh, incense to God at this time. We know that they were not the ones that was authorized to offer the fire. It was Aaron. Their father was supposed to offer this, uh, this incense in a prescribed manner and a specific time. There's a specific time for offering incense to God. It should only be offered in the morning when the lamp is being, it be, being trimmed and at twilight when the lamp is being lit. So you see, you, the only time that this incense was supposed to be offered is at twilight, at morning, and on the day of atonement. And we cannot offer it in censers on the day, uh, until only on the day of atonement. This was not the day of atonement. If they were to offer any incense, it should have been offered on the incense altar at that time because this was not the day of atonement. And the prescribed manner for, 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 for offering incense in the, in, in the censers where you were supposed to take the incense, take the censers and go behind the veil. And then once you're behind the veil, that's when you're supposed to put the incense on the, on the fire. But Nadab and Abihu, they were putting incense on a, in, a, in the censers at a place where they were not supposed to do it. So my question is, what caused these men who were with God to do things like this? Because listen, listen, Nadab and Abihu, they were priests who had gone up the mountain with Moses. If you go back into Exodus 20, Four, nine through 11. And I won't read all of this one. It says, they saw the God of Israel standing on something that looked like blue sapphire, as clear as the sky. And they, they saw God, but they, God did not destroy them. They ate and drank together. So these Nadab and Abihu, they had gone up the mountain with Moses and they had seen God. And these men, 
they heard the voice of God, they experienced things that they did that, that common people did, did not experience. So could it be that they had become familiar with God and was treating God not as the holy God that he is? You need, you know, sometimes we get to a place where we become so familiar with the things of God that we begin to mix the holy with the profane. Because you see, going back to Leviticus 10, verse 3, and Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord spoke, saying, I must be regarded as holy by those who come near me, and I must be glorified before all people. So Aaron held his peace. So Aaron held his peace. So what Moses was saying here is that when we come near to God, we must not get so familiar with the things of God that we begin to treat the things of God as familiar. Because sometimes when we are so familiar, we, 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 we can overstep our boundaries. We can believe that since we are priests, we get to do whatever we want in the tabernacle. We get to do whatever we want in the presence of God. And God says, I am a holy God. I must be regarded as holy by those who come near me. I must be glorified before all the people. You cannot treat the things of God as common and unholy. So we don't know if Nadab and Abihu had gotten so familiar with the things of God that they just frivolously got some fire from some place and just throw some incense on it and just begin to offer it before God. We don't know what was in their hearts. But we know that they weren't supposed to do that at the time. They were not authorized to do it. It was strange fire. It was not commanded by God. It was not done in the prescribed manner. And so now let's look at what is happening in this newly formed Catholic church and how they were mixing the holy things of God with the profane things. You see, the problem why we have to look at history, if we don't learn from history, we're doomed to repeat it. So we kind of have to look at history. Oh, the Nicene Creed was later developed. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me back up a little bit. So when the Edict of Milan was given by Constantine, it was meant for the freedom of the religion. Then Constantine went and he created the, the, the Nicene Creed, which was developed with good intentions of unifying the factions within the church. The only problem was that the creed had something in it that wasn't from God. The creed was saying that only uh, 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 we believe in one holy Roman Catholic church. And now, many, many years later, this same creed was used to develop the Edict of, the Thessalon uh, the edict of Thessalonica. This was created, this edict was created to force people to follow the Nicene Creed. And this is where the strange fires begin to burn. You see, they begin to operate outside of the will of Christ because remember Christ said in the gospel, the gospel was for whosoever will. The gospel was never to force anybody to accept. We're not supposed to force anybody to accept the gospel. Oh, Shandaranasaya. When Jesus sent out the, ten, the, the 12 disciples in Matthew 10, he told them to go into every house and every house that does not receive them, he should, they should leave and they should dust the very dust off of their feet. We're not supposed to force anybody to, uh, to accept the gospel. We should not even be offended if someone did not accept the gospel. We should pray for those people. That is what Jesus commanded us to do. So this was the complete opposite. This edict of Thessalonica was the complete opposite of what Christ taught us to do. This edict of Thessalonica becomes a strange fire, labeling people as heretics and condemning them to be punished by God and to be punished by the government. And so great persecution broke out. Why? Because the church had become familiar with the things of God. They begin to go and they begin to act in their own, in their own will. They didn't, uh, they didn't, uh, they didn't consult scripture. They didn't consult God. They didn't, they, if they would have looked at scripture, they would have saw that there was nowhere in the scripture that God was telling them to force people to become Christians. And so they felt that they were authorized to make their own rules. 
They had gone astray from the prescribed manner of teaching and preaching the gospel and strange fires of persecution begin to break out. And see, this is what happened when we, when we break away from scripture, when we break away from the leading of the Holy Spirit, when we don't accept correction, when we don't do things according to the way that God intended for us to, to do it, we begin to, we ourselves begin to burn strange fires before the Lord. Oh, Shabbat. You see, the church had forgotten that in just a few short years ago, they were the ones being persecuted. And how quick we are to persecute people who don't think like us, who don't believe like us, because we're Christians. Now we feel like we are better than someone else who is not a Christian. And we don't understand that just a few short years ago, we were people who were separated from God. We did not know the gospel and we were doing the very same things that those people were doing. How dare we think that we have the right to punish anyone? How dare we think that we have the right to backbite and condemn? The church is not supposed to persecute anyone. We overstep our boundaries of authority when we begin to judge people. God is the only righteous judge. He has the authority to condemn and he has the authority to save. So we become familiar with the things of God and we begin to allow pride to enter into our hearts and begin to make our own rules. Pride is the next reason. Pride is the next reason probably why these men make these foolish mistakes of offering strange fire to the Lord. Pride is the reason why some of us are still offering strange fires to the Lord. Because we become, uh, we become conceited in our own way because we become familiar with the things of God because we, we, we've been saved so long, we kind of feel like we, we're cool with God, we're down with God and we can do anything that we want to do. But as it turns out, they were not the only ones who were offering strange fires to God. King Uzziah was lifted up in pride and when he went into the sanctuary to offer incense to God, oh my God, leprosy broke out. You can read all about this in, in, in 2 Chronicles 26, verse 16 through 19. King Uzziah went inside the temple of the Lord to offer incense unto God. And the priest told him that it was not for you to offer incense to God. It was for the priest to do. And so King Uzziah, he became angry and, and, and leprosy broke out. Oh, my God. There are some things that are reserved by God only for specific people to do. And we're not supposed to try and do what other people are commissioned to do. Oh my God. The priest was the only one that was authorized to perform this duty. And sometimes when we are walking with the Lord, we may feel like we have arrived at a place where we can make decisions above scriptures, where we can make decisions outside of the scriptures. We can choose to do things our way rather than the way of God prescribed it to be. Our intentions might be good, but we are just not doing things God's way. Oh my God, help us here this morning. Help us, Lord. Help us to do things your way, Lord God. So this great King Uzziah, he was blessed by God in every way. He, 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 he was one of the longest reigning king in Israel. He reigned for 52 years. And, uh, and God had blessed him and used him in every kind of way. And I believe that in his heart, his heart was in the right place. Like he wanted to worship God by offering incense, but he didn't know that it was not for him to do. And he, 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 when the priest tried to tell him, it's not your job. It's not for you to do. Look, he got angry. How many times when God is trying to correct us, we get angry. My God. Oh, my God. How many times when God is trying to correct us, we get angry. The priest was trying to correct him because he was sinning against God by offering in unauthorized incense, just like Nadab and Abihu. Oh, God, help us this morning. So we don't offer any strange fire to you, Lord. So this king... He was blessed by God in every way and God was using him, but he wanted to he overstep his boundaries. He wanted to offer some worship to God, but he did it in a wrong way. And when the priest corrected him, he, I, I, notice that 
the, the, the leprosy didn't break out. Read it in, in 2 Chronicles 26, 16 through 19. The leprosy didn't break out until he began to rage against the priest, until he became, ang he became angry. He was angry because they were correcting him. He was angry because they were telling him, this is not for you to do. See, he, he, even when he was standing there offering the incense to God, God didn't struck him with leprosy. It was when he refused to accept the correction. It was when he refused to accept the, the, the priest telling him that it was a wrong thing for you to do. This is why I'm trying to tell you when God is trying to correct us, when God send a prophet, when God send a messenger, when God send his servant to correct you, you need to accept the correction so that leprosy does not break out in your, in your body. Oh God, some of us, we're undergoing so much in our spirit. We're undergoing so much in our body. Could it be that it is because we're refusing to accept correction and we're continuing to burn strange fires to God? You see, God said, when, when we come near him, you must regard him as holy. We must learn to approach God with reverential fear. This is what the Bible says. He says, be careful when you think you stand, lest you fall. Sometimes we can be lifted up in pride and thinking that I've got it all going on. Just because God is using me to preach the gospel, it doesn't mean that I am I'm, I'm above the gospel. I am subjected to the gospel. I am subjected to the scripture just as much as you are. My job is just to stand in a place and declare to you what thus says the Lord. Your job is to receive it and go into the scriptures for yourself. Oh God, and dig out what it is that I am trying to tell you and say, yes, Lord, I receive your correction because if you don't receive the correction, I wonder what would have happened if King Uzziah would have just went when the priest started talking to him. I wonder if he would have just became humble and said, oh my God, I sinned against you. Forgive me, Lord. I wonder if he would have just, if he would have just accepted that correction and, and, and ran out the the, the sanctuary, I wonder if leprosy would have struck him. Oh, this is why we have to be careful when we think we stand lest we fall. The Romans, now they have, they, they listen to what they said in that edict and in, in the edict of Thessalonica. They said that this gospel was given to us by Apostle Peter. And now we're in charge of this gospel and we can do, basically they were saying, we can do whatever we want with it. And now they were lifted up in pride. And so now they said, listen, let's force everybody. Let's force everybody to accept this. And one of the things that was, that was behind that is money. And we're gonna talk about that later. But but just because, you know, you get to be in the sanctuary of God, doesn't just because you get to be in the service of God, it doesn't mean that you get to do whatever you want with the things of God. It doesn't mean that you get to, to treat the things of God as unholy or common. Remember when, when, when Bel King Belshazzar was drinking out of the, 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 the vessels of God how, God, how he began to see the hand writing on the wall? Because what had happened was he treated something that was holy he treated it as common. I wish we could see the hand of God writing on the wall when we begin to teach, treat the things of God as common and unclean. I wish we could, we could see the hand of God writing on the wall when we begin to use the holy vessels that God has given us for common purposes. I wish we could see the hand of God writing on the wall as we begin to use the, the gospel for monetary gain. I wish we could see the hand of God riding on the wall when we begin to use the gospel to for our own cause, when we use the gospel to persecute other people, when we use the gospel to judge other people. I wish we could see the hand of God. Oh, pride keeps us from seeing the hand of God and pride will keep you from admitting when you are wrong. My God, my God, help us this morning, Jesus. I don't want to fall in pride, Lord Jesus. Help me this morning, God. Help somebody this morning, Lord God. Pride always go before a fall. And so King Uzziah, he sinned. 
by going to offer incense to the Lord because he was a king. He was not a priest. It was given to the priest to offer sacrifice. Listen, people, I'm trying to tell you this morning, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your lane, stay in your kingly lane, stay in your priestly lane, stay in your prophet lane, stay in your pastor lane, stay in your apostle lane. Whatever God has given you to do this morning, do that thing and don't overstep your boundaries. Respect the things of God. Oh, Shandorosaya. Don't be lifted up in pride and thinking that you're good enough and that's why God chose you. No, no, no. There's no good thing in you. The only good thing in you is Jesus Christ. The only good thing in me is Jesus Christ. There's nothing good about me. Don't be lifted up in pride and thinking that you can make decisions on the things of God. The next thing is Next reason that people offer strange fires to God is deception. Deception. Sometimes people become deceived. It's not that they were lifted up in pride. It was just that they were deceived. They, they, they believed the wrong thing. And 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 2, it says, no, the spirit expressly says in the last days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. My God, my God, somebody you need to guard against deception this morning because deception will cause you to offer strange fires to God. This without even knowing you, you don't know. Oh, what you are doing, you're under the influence of a demonic spirit that is causing you to offer strange fires to God. Oh God. Deception. You see, we do not know if Abihu and Nadab was drunk, but God said, we see later in few in, in the scripture, God warning uh, um, in Leviticus chapter 10, if you read a little bit further, I think it was about eight or nine. Aaron came in the presence of Aaron. God was warning Aaron, do not come in my presence drunk or you will die. You must distinguish between the clean and the unholy. And, and so you got to understand when you are deceived, you don't know what is holy and you don't know what is clean. So, 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 so uh, uh, the scripture also tells that wine is a mocker, strong drinking is raging, and he who is deceived by it is fool. Is a fool. So it is possible that Nadab and Abihu, they had drunken wine and they had become Come deceived by the wine, and that's why they did such a foolish thing to offer a, a, a fire to God in a place and at a time when God did not command it. So you see, there was some deception somewhere in there. But God told him to do one thing, and they did something completely different. God said, "This is this was a this was an ordination ceremony for the priest, the, the, the priest, the family. They were supposed to be in this tabernacle for seven days. They were in consecration. They couldn't leave the tabernacle. There was nowhere there for them to 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 to, to do to to offer incense to God. God told them to do one thing. They do something completely different." And this sort of reminds me of Adam and Eve when they ate the fruit in the garden. They were deceived by that old serpent and they sinned and they, 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 they ate the fruit they were, because they were deceived. They were thinking, listen, listen, sometimes this is what deception does to you. Sometimes you will think that you are doing the right thing when you are dead wrong. Oh, my God. Oh, God, somebody help. Oh, somebody help somebody today, God. Help somebody who is deceived today, Lord God, that when they are dead wrong, Lord God, they can all go she bye-bye. God Almighty help somebody this morning. Somebody, I'm gonna just pause right here and tell somebody. I don't know who you are. You might be listening to this on the live. You might be listening to this on the replay, but God is telling me to tell somebody about that situation that you're dealing with. You are dead wrong, but you think that you are right. Oh, bring it that situation to God. And allow God to unravel that thing. Allow God to take it apart and show you what is wrong. Oh, God. Allow God to show you what, what you're doing wrong. And listen, don't be lifted up in pride when God begins to put his hand on the things that you're dealing with. Because sometimes we're dead wrong and thinking that we're right. So as we, that's what deception does. That's what deception does. That is the danger of deception. We're dead wrong, but we are convinced in our mind that we are right. Oh, God help us this morning. So 
as we review the, the, the history of the Holy, the early Roman church, we can see how they were dead wrong, but they believed that they were dead right because much of their belief uh, in, in, in the church is still present right now. What, what, what happens was they believed that the Holy Roman Catholic Church was the only church and there was no other church. You, you, you weren't supposed to gather in the name of the Lord unless you are gathering in the Holy Roman Catholic Church. Can I tell you that they were offering strange fires to God in that new in that uh, uh, edict of Thessalonica? They were offering strange fires to God when they begin to force people to worship the way that they worship. They were offering strange fires to God when they did not allow the Bible to be printed and for normal people, common people, to have a copy of the Bible and could read it for themselves. They were hoarding the gospel to themselves. They were hoarding the truth of God to themselves. Man, let me tell you something. I don't know about you. I'm a kind of person like, listen, if you come to my house and we having we having meal, listen, I'll chop up the food and put it right on the table and you pick out what you want, you eat what you want. There are some people that when, if you go to their house, they will have the whole loaf of bread and they pinch off a little piece and they pinch off a little piece and they give. And if they like you, they give you a bigger piece. And if they don't like you, they give you a smaller piece. It just depends on what they want, what they have purposed inside of their heart. And so this is what was happening with the church, with the early church, the early Catholic church. They, they were keeping the scriptures to themselves. The Bible was not allowed to be printed and, and distributed freely. So they wanted to, they wanted to monopolize this gospel so that they can pinch it off and give it to you and give a little piece of it to you when they want. And actually, they weren't even giving it. They were selling it because they were selling things that they were saying that, listen, if you give money to the Catholic church, the, the priest, the Roman Catholic church priests, they have the right to forgive your sins. Don't you know that only Jesus can do that? They were telling them, if you give money to the Catholic church, uh, 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 you're paying for the sins of your loved ones, who, of your dead departed ones. So this, there was money inside there. They, they, they were preaching for money. There was strange fire. Listen, God said we shouldn't preach for money because their motives are wrong. You know, the Bible says in, in 1 Timothy 6, verse 1, verse, verse 10, for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. My God, don't do it for the love of money. Don't preach the gospel for the love of money. Don't do it for the love of money. There's a trap in there. There's strange, it is strange fire before the Lord. Oh God, we're coming to a close. Show the Messiah. We offer strange fires to God when we begin to do things. Sometimes we can do the right things for the wrong reason. And so we offer strange fires to God when we do not worship God in spirit and in truth. And can I tell you, you need the Holy Spirit to worship God in spirit and in truth. We offer strange fires to God in the form of false prophecy and false teaching. We offer strange fires to God when we have a form of godliness but denies the power of the Holy Spirit. We offer strange fires to God because we grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not in anything that we are offering when we are denying the power of God, when we do not allow the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sins. We are offering strange fires Fires to God. When God comes, remember the first, remember the job of the Holy Spirit is to convict us and to bring us to repentance. And when we resist the correction and the conviction of the Holy Spirit, how do you expect to offer holy fire to God? How do you expect, oh my God, how do you expect to offer holy fire to God? And so this is where. We come with our worship and we're not really worshiping God in the spirit and in truth. Last week, we talked about how the Samaritan woman, Jesus told him, told her how the time is going to come when the true worshipers is going to out worship God in, in, in spirit and in truth. How are we going to worship in spirit and in truth? The Holy Spirit is, is the spirit that, that, that guides us into worship. The Holy Spirit is the spirit that guides us into the truth of God. So if we don't have the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, how are we going to offer true worship to God? So the Roman, early Roman Catholic Church, they were offering a form of worship 
that was a strange fire. And see, this is why we have to keep church and state separated. And you see, I, I hear many people praying when they're, they're willing to pray for one particular, one uh, political party over another. And they're demonizing one party and they are uh, 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 deifying the other party. But can I come and tell you this morning that there is no such thing. Then no political party can be the answer. As Christians, it should be Christ over political party. There, there is Jesus is neither Republican nor Democrat. He is Lord over all. He is Lord over all. Oh my God. He is Lord over all. He loves both Jews and Gentiles. He loves old and young, black and white, rich and poor. Oh God, we offer strange fire to God when we think that we are better than other people because of our political affiliations. We offer strange fires to God in our prayers when we pray for some people, but we refuse to pray for others. We offer strange fire to God in our prayers when we think that we have arrived at a place where we are not cool with God and we can do whatever we want. You see, the problem with the Roman church was that they thought they were better than Jews. They thought they were better than anyone who did not follow the Nicene Creed. The truth is that we are all created equal in the eyes of our creator. The truth is that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the truth is the gospel has to be preached to whosoever will. Let them come. And if that wasn't bad enough that the early Roman church thought they were better than the people who didn't follow the Nicene Creed, they began to persecute them. And so the early church, Roman Catholic church, supported the crusaders. They supported the persecution of Jews in the name, all in the name of Jesus Christ. They supported, they supported the, 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 they supported Hitler. They supported the persecution of Jews. My God. One of the Jewish rabbis wrote to the Roman Catholic Church, to the priests, at the time when Hitler was persecuting the Jews. And he asked them, he said, appeal to Hitler, do something because, because innocent Jews, innocent children are dying. And the priest responded by saying, there's no such thing as innocent Jews. You all deserve to die because you persecuted Christ. Don't forget that it was the Roman Pontius Pilate who gave the order to persecute, to kill Christ. But yet they called the Jews the Christ killer. It was a co See, the Jews wanted to kill Christ, but the Romans gave them the gavel. The Romans gave them the authority to do it. If the Romans would have said, don't do it, they could not have done it. So the Romans were now persecuting the Jews because they killed Christ, my God, not knowing that they had their part. And this, this is why we cannot we cannot judge anybody because we have to look inside of our own self. That's why Jesus said to the people who were cast, who were throwing stones at this woman, he said, if you are without sin, you cast the first stone. Because see, that is what we're doing today. We're persecuting people with our tongues. And we're grieving the Holy Spirit by not accepting corrections from him. We're grieving the Holy Spirit when we think that we are better than somebody. You see, the Holy Spirit comes to convicts of, uh, uh, convicts us of our sins, and he comes to correct us. And when we don't accept that correction, what do you think happens to us? See, that's what happened to the great King Uzziah. Notice that the priest didn't correct him. You notice when the priest tried to correct him, he became angry. And after he became angry, that's when the leprosy broke out on his face. You see, the number one job of the Holy Spirit, as I just told you, is to reprove and to correct 
But if we refuse that part, how do you think that we're going to walk in power and authority? You will never have power and authority until you allow God to correct you. You, you see, God cannot pour out his spirit in broken vessels. He has, you have to have the capacity for God to pour his spirit on the inside of you. And that is why the work of the Holy Spirit is so important because we are broken vessels and we have no ability to contain what God is pouring out. So the Holy Spirit comes to work in us so that we can correct the things that, are, that we need to correct in our lives so that when God begins to pour out the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, the power and the authority of God can rest, remain and abide on the inside of us. So we cannot treat the things of God as holy or unholy. We cannot treat the things of God as unclean. When we draw near to God, we must treat him. We must treat him with holiness. We must come to God in a reverential fear. We must not grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only one who has the ability to draw us close to God. You see, the veil of the temple has been torn but you must still approach God in holiness. You cannot just run up in that holy place. You will die. The veil of your flesh must also be torn. You see, God began to tell me about the two veils and I can't tell you about that because I'm closing. But the veil of our flesh must be torn. And that's what the Holy Spirit comes to do. The Holy Spirit work is to tear out the pride of your heart. The Holy Spirit works is to convict you of your sins. And your part is to accept the correction of the Holy Spirit. Because if you do not, you will begin to burn some strange fires to God. You will continue burning strange fires to God. If you do not accept the, the, the teaching and the guiding and the correction of the Holy Spirit, you cannot burn anything but strange fires to God. So let us pray this morning because, oh God, oh God, many of us are burning strange fires to God and we do not know. We do not know. You see, the priests, they, 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 they died. God burned them up in the fire because they knew better. They knew better. They knew the prescribed manner. But when King Uzziah went in to offer incense to God, God gave him a chance to repent and he didn't repent. So, and even when he didn't repent, leprosy struck him. But here's the thing, he still had a chance. He was not completely burned up in the fire like the priest, like Nadab and Abihu. He, he, I bet you in his, in his leprosy state, he lived as a leper, as a leper for the rest of his life and eventually died. But even in the leprosy, it was the mercy of God because God gave him a chance to see himself. And so I hope that you are getting a chance to see yourself this morning. And I hope that you're getting a chance to see where the strange fires are in your heart. I hope that you're getting a chance to allow the Holy Spirit to correct the things in your life that is wrong. I hope that your, your heart is leaning towards saying, Lord, oh, Lord God Almighty, do not let me continue to burn strange fire to you, Lord. Lord, correct me, convict me, Lord God, of the things that I am doing wrong, Lord. Because, Lord God, I want to burn for you. But I don't want to burn any strange fires, Lord God Almighty. Oh, Holy Spirit, burn this morning. Burn through me, Holy Spirit. Burn out my pride. Burn out any deception. Burn out, Lord God, my contempt for the things of God. Lord God Almighty, put a reverential fear of the living God on the inside of me, Lord God. Burn through the people that are listening to me this morning, Lord. In the name of Jesus. God, I pray that you would bring them to a place, Lord, where they can see the strangeness in their fire. Lord, we read the Edict of Milan, Lord God, and how they, it was all good until they get to the part, Lord, where they, where they were saying it's only one church, one, one Rome, Holy Roman Catholic Church Lord God, that edict, Lord God, 
was all good except for one part, Lord. God, there are so many places in our lives, Lord God. That may just be one. We're doing seven things right, but God, we're doing one thing wrong, Lord God. And that one thing is causing the seven things that we're doing right to be wrong, Lord God. So God Almighty, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, God, to purge us this morning. Purge us, Lord, so that we do not burn strange fire. Lord God, help us to be quick to repent, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And we give you all glory and we give you all praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Glory to God this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So I have given you what the Lord has given me this morning. And I hope, like me, you will take it and you will, you will let this word get down on your spirit and you will begin to allow the Holy Spirit to convict you of the things that you are doing wrong. You will allow the Holy Spirit to break you in the places where he wants to break you because you don't want to continue to offer strange fires to the Lord. Oh, Hallelujah. So we come to a wonderful part in our service this morning. We have to give to the Lord because it's a good thing to give to the Lord. We don't give to the Lord because, you know, we want to get something. Yes, we're going to get something, but we give to the Lord because he is good and because he loves you. We give to the Lord because, see, you cannot love God and not give to God. You see, you can give without loving, but you can't love without give. And because I love what Jesus did for me, I love that he, he died on the cross for my sins. I love that he forgiven me. I know I cannot buy salvation, but he asked me to give my tithes and give my offerings unto the Lord. And when you give to the Lord, the Lord will honor what you give to him this morning. Amen. Don't give from a grudging heart. Give from a heart that knows that you are supposed to give. There is a blessing on your life. That There's a blessing that comes on your life only through giving. I am telling you, you have no other way to get that blessing. There are many kinds of blessings. Blessing comes in many, many ways. But one of the ways that God blesses his people is through giving. Because when you give to God, what you're saying to God is, God, I trust you more than I trust the money. And so God said, okay, since you trust me more than you trust money, I'm going to bless you in ways that you could never ask for. So give to the Lord this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Hallelujah. Oh, Oh, I don't know, but I, but I, oh, I just feel like praying against the spirit of deception. I don't know if you're under the sound of my voice. I just want you to take this seriously. Because the Holy Spirit just put, oh, mighty God, in the name of Jesus. Somebody is under a spirit of deception right now, God. Somebody is under the spirit of deception and strong delusion in the name of Jesus. Somebody is dealing with the spirit of pride this morning. But in the mighty name of Jesus, I send this prayer, Lord God, to locate them in the spirit, Lord God, and to dislodge every seed of deception that has been sown in their hearts in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, I just hear the Lord said, if you, if you will just come in agreement with this prayer, deception will be broken off of your life. If you will come in agreement with this prayer, pride will be broken off of your life. Oh, mighty God, in the name of Jesus, every spirit of pride, I rebuke and bind you in the name of Jesus. I dislodge everything that you have set up in the minds and the hearts of God's people this morning. The blood of Jesus, oh, Shabbat, is against you this morning. Spirit of pride, take your flight. I uproot you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Oh, Shabbat, spirit of deception, you deceiving, lying spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus, I rebuke you this morning. Holy Spirit, fill up your people this morning. Fill them up with your holy fire, God. Leave no room, Lord God, for deception. Burn out deception this morning, Holy Spirit. Burn out pride, Lord God. Burn it out with the truth of the word of God this morning. In the name of Jesus. Oh, no more strange fire. No more strange fire. 
In the name of Jesus Christ, no more strange fire, Lord. I give you all the glory. Oh, God. Oh, God. I may not be able to come near you and lay my hands on you. But listen, the Holy Spirit moves through words. And if you receive the words of the Holy Spirit, listen, you can stop leprosy from breaking out in your life. You can stop the plague if you receive the word of God. I don't want to start preaching, but I just feel like I'm in a place. Deliverance is taking place for somebody right now. Deliverance is taking place for somebody right now. Oh God, this is a word from the Lord right now. Somebody needs a deliverance. God has arrested me. I'm finished with the message, but God has arrested me. I can't move until I feel a deliverance in my spirit. Somebody is listening to me that needs a deliverance. Oh, somebody needs a deliverance this morning. The spirit of pride has entered your heart. The spirit of deception has entered your heart. You think that you are doing right, but you're doing wrong. God Almighty, convict that person this morning and bring a deliverance in the name of Jesus so that they don't allow the doctrines of the devil, Lord God, to be the thing that governs their life, oh God. Oh God Almighty to do a the mighty deliverance today. Oh, Shababasi Korobosa. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Thank you, God. Oh, Shababasi, let it is. Holy Spirit, deliverance. I decree deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. I decree deliverance through the Holy Spirit, not by might nor by power, but by your spirit. You that are bound this morning by pride, by, by, by deception in the name of Jesus, be delivered, be set free by the power of the living God, by the spirit of the living God. Oh, Oh, God, deliver your people this morning, Lord. Deliver them, Lord. God Almighty, use them for your glory. Oh, Shababa, Glory, glory, glory. Shababa, Do a heart work, Lord God. Convict, Lord God. Remind them that you do not come to condemn, you come to convict and bring them to repentance, Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to remind you of two things that, that that person that is dealing with the spirit of pride and deception. The spirit of pride cause you not to accept prophecy or a word of God that doesn't go with along with it doesn't feel good. It's not something that you want to hear. That's pride. See, King Uzziah, he didn't want the priest, the, the priest to stop him from offering incense to God. That was prideful, and that's where leprosy broke out. The other thing about when the plague broke out in the camp in Numbers 16, Moses received a prophetic word because that was not the prescribed way to offer incense. Moses received a prophetic word and asked Aaron to go out and burn the incense. He didn't try to do it. Here's the thing, when we receive a prophetic word, we cannot go, if you're the one giving the prophetic word, you can't go out and try to do it for them. They have to do it for themselves. And if you're the one receiving the prophetic word and it doesn't feel good to your spirit, you still have a responsibility to determine if the word comes from God, you have to, this is why you still need the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you the discernment to know if this thing is coming from God or not. And if it is coming from God, you are responsible to accept it. You are responsible to discern when the Holy Spirit is speaking and accept it and move according to what the Spirit says. You see, the strange fire comes in when we do not move according to the scripture and when we don't move according to what the spirit says. So I don't know, this, this message is heavy in my spirit this morning. And I just want somebody. I just want somebody. Listen, I'm not throwing any words on anybody. My job is just to stand here and encourage you to come 
and listen to what the Lord has to say. And you have the responsibility of accepting it. Number one, discern whether the Holy Spirit is talking. And number two, accept it. And number three, do what it says. And don't deviate from it. Because you deviate from what God says. You're going against God. Amen. Hallelujah. So be blessed today. Thank you guys so much for standing with me and helping me to further what God is doing because this is not my will. It is the will of God. Certainly, I would love to be doing something else, but this is what God has called me to do. And I love to do it. I love to be in the fire with the Lord. Amen. Keep, please keep me prayed up. Amen. Hallelujah. See you next Sunday. God bless you.